0: A M E N, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida. U S A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave.
1: I am locked, loaded, and ready for alpha male pleasure maneuvers. Finally, almost back at 100%. I will still not have a cigar today. Just want to be sure, want to make sure that the upper respiratory infection, bronchitis, totally gone. But I'm back. I'm at like 99.99%. So we'll call it 100. We'll round up. Let's put it this way. I'm in better shape than China Joe Biden right now. In fact, I just looked at the final results. I got more votes in the New Hampshire primary than Joe Biden. And I wasn't even running on the Democrat ticket. How pathetic is that? that, we'll talk about China Joe a little bit later on, as always. But we have a cornucopia of items that we will get to, including in the second hour, we'll be talking with Mark Blanton, a CES Consumer Electronics Show recap. We love our gadgets. We love our electronics. It's all about the alpha male lifestyle. long Ash greetings and salutations. A long Ash snappy salute semper. Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make America great again. Keep America great. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. As always, be sure to follow me on social media. Go to CigarDave.com. Upper right-hand corner, you can see all the social media platforms. Twitter, at Cigar Show. Facebook, Cigar Dave. Please follow and like, respectively. Last week, the weekend after the Super Bowl, I normally go into football depression. For like the first three, four weeks, I'm just, I cannot get out of my own way. It's just, on Saturdays, Sundays, I'm used to having football, and you just get into that mode. You wake up on Saturday and Sunday, and you say to yourself, oh man, no football today. I'm getting out of my routine that I've gotten in since early September between college and NFL. Well, the good news, last week, I did not have football depression because the XFL has started version 2.0, and I'm following and rooting for the Tampa Bay Vipers. <sighs> Show the fangs. Huh, they didn't last week against the New York Guardians. They lost 23-3. to Couldn't get out of their own way. Listen to this song. Ooh, the Vipers striking.
2: got to
0: faces. We can be No, I will not lose. You cannot walk in these shoes.
1: Yeah, the Vipers didn't exactly bite anybody last week. They lost 23 to 3 to the New York Football Guardians. You've heard of the New York Football Giants, the New York Football Guardians, but I watched I watched all four games. And I enjoyed it. The first two games on uh, the Saturday games were far better, by far, but the announced teams were great, the production was great. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, my Vipers didn't win, but nonetheless, it still felt great to be able to watch football. And again, those two games on Saturday were exciting. Love some of the rules. I like the kickoff rule. Try to make things safe, but at the same time, add some excitement. And there were numerous uh, exciting kickoff returns. I loved the extra point. No more kicking an extra point attempt. Those days are gone in the XFL. The extra exciting Football League. You can go for one, two or three points. You've got to run it in, throw it in, but you can't kick it in. And I think you get it from the 2-yard line, the 5 or the 10, and the farther you go back, the higher the uh, or the 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 more points that you ultimately can score. But I enjoyed that. I love the 25-second clock. They kept things moving. They kept it happy, kept it snappy. I like that. It wasn't lingering too long. I love the fact that you could hear the coaches. During the game, the the announcers were interviewing the coaches, getting their thought process. You could also hear the coaches sending in the plays. And what's cool is all the the position, the, the receivers, the backs, the quarterback, they all heard the play at the same time. I don't know if the linemen did or not, but it really accelerated. I don't think the linemen did. I think linemen it was just, did not, the, Sergeant the, Steve? The skilled players. That's what I thought, which doesn't make sense. I would figure they would give it to everybody so that everybody knows the call. But I really liked hearing what was going on and I liked the pace of play. I just thought that was great. Uh, just in general, I thought overall they did a very nice job. And the attendance was good. The TV ratings were good. ABC did a great job slash ESPN. Fox, Kurt Menefee, normally the studio host for the NFL on Fox. They have him out for one of the games. He was great. Really enjoyed it all the way around. Different, unique, mark my words, the NFL. The National Football League will copy much from the XFL. And I would like to see the Spring League go because it will give players who do not make the 53-man roster, who do not make the practice squad, it will allow them to showcase their talents. And I can tell you that there are NFL scouts already watching the XFL games. No ifs, ands, or buts. That is absolutely happening and going to happen. And when you think about the USFL way back, 25 years ago, there are some damn good players that came out of the USFL and... Good coaches. Jim Mora, playoffs, playoffs. He came from the Philadelphia, then Baltimore Stars of the, uh, or maybe it was Baltimore, then Philly, one one of the two of the USFL. So we will see a number of coaches and a number of players jump from the XFL to the NFL. But I enjoy that. However, the most exciting, without any questions, uh, event to take place in any sport, and certainly golf, Took place the end of January, January 30th to February 2nd. The PGA Tour stop in Phoenix, Arizona, at the TPC Scottsdale, the Phoenix Open. It is known for being rowdy. As we listen to the CBS theme music, you get a character. Hello, friends, and welcome to CBS's coverage of the Phoenix Open. But as I get ready to talk about this story in the Phoenix Open. This music, while good, is not as good as the PGA on CBS theme from the great Yanni. Now I can get in much better gym dance character. Much more upbeat, much more exciting. Hello friends, and let me tell you about most exciting thing to happen at a golf tournament since the founding of the game of golf in 1457 back in Scotland at the rowdy 16th green where there are numerous stands surrounding the green an unnamed woman bodacious very large artificially enhanced fun bags I might must say She was so excited to be in the stands, so excited to see all the players come in, that she wanted to show her appreciation, not just to all the players, but to the other fans, especially the male fans sitting around her. And so this woman, while Webb Simpson, the ultimate winner of the Phoenix Open, was putting, she decided to get up and flash her very large ample, massive, cc-inflated bosoms, her breast areas, her fun bags, and oh my, what an exciting time it was. She went right, she went left, and then Webb Simpson caught it and tried to keep his composure but couldn't. Cracked a large smile, and I believe he missed his putt, although he did win the Phoenix Open. The video is going viral on social media. We will Post that at CigarDave.com and post that on social media. Her exposing of her massive fun bags was greeted by huge applause. One crowd member yelling, he's dying, he's dying, he's supposed to putt when talking about Webb Simpson. And then after he missed the putt, spectators said, of course, no wonder he missed the putt. He was distracted, as you would be too. This woman without any question, nice brunette on a scale of one to 10, I would absolutely have to rate her probably a 9.25. But the boobs, the rack, major rackage and stackage, outstanding. A 10. It was absolute breast perfection. Again, the most exciting thing to ever happen at a golf tournament since the founding of golf in 1457. And as I said, with a bodacious rack like that, she absolutely should flaunt it. She was performing... A public service showing quite the bangable babe. And let's face it, a lot of golf tournaments can be a little boring. I would like to see more of this at golf tournaments. I would like to see more excitement. And you won't find that at the Masters. Hello, friends. Jim Nance here at Amen Corner. As we look at the hallowed grounds of Augusta National, I'm overwhelmed with emotion, with joy. In fact, it's so overwhelming, I have to wipe a tear from my eye. But we are ready for the premier tournament in the game of golf. A tournament like none other with history. An incredible many years of golf immortality that takes place here at Augusta National. And I can only tell you the excitement that I have after the tournament wraps up Being able to walk into Butler Cabin on my knees, preparing to fillet and kiss the ass of the current Augusta National President. There is a much younger president now, not as stiff, but I do recall the so many years that I was on my knees kissing the ass and filleting the great Hootie Johnson.
3: And I will never forget his famous words to me. Well, Jim... It is such a pleasure to have you back here at Augusta National at Butler Cabin for our historic tournament and our presentation of the green jacket and the trophy to our esteemed winner, Jim. I so much look forward to you every year getting on your knees and kissing my southern ass, my cracker ass, and leading me and doing anything you can, speaking in that very low voice, doing everything you can to make sure CBS gets that contract another year. Because as you know, here at Augusta National, our Masters Tournament, our contracts are year to year. We have no long-term contracts. And we know that CBS doesn't make much money on the tournament, but it is, of course, prestigious. And it allows me, Hootie Johnson, to be able to speak to America and speak to the world as only I can with my southern cracker accent. Jim, back to you. Thank you so much, Judy, for those incredibly wise words. And
1: I speak for everyone at CBS. We'll kiss your ass and every other board member for as long as it takes to make sure we get the Masters Tournament every year. Jim Nance, so long, friends, from Augusta National. Ah, yes, the Augusta National of Masters coming up. Anytime I can take a swipe at Jim Nance. I mean, the melodrama. It's just so sappy and just so ridiculous. And I don't know how I got on that golf tangent, but in any event, I would, I would love to see that woman who bared her ample decolletage and rackageal area. I would love to see that happen at Mas- the Masters. In fact, the board of directors, the average age is death. They probably would keel over if they already weren't keeled and six feet under. In any event. All right. Enough with the fun. Let's t- take on the enemies of pleasure here. Joaquin Phoenix. Hollywood star, was uh, in the Joker, won all sorts of awards. (coughs) Pardon me. In fact, let me take a little sip of my freshly brewed coffee here to make sure that my vocal cords and my throat are properly lubricated, or as Hootie Johnson would say, to make
3: sure they're properly lubricated. Here we go. Oh, my, that is good Is that Folgers, General? It is very good coffee. No, Hootie, it's not Folgers. It's
1: freshly ground. Okay, much better. <clears throat> My vocal cords are soothed. Joaquin Phoenix of the Joker Fame. It is award season. The international you you name it. The People's Choice Awards, the Oscars, the the we give you an award because we feel like giving you an award show. You name it. Like for the last six weeks, all you see is awards. And of course, Joaquin Phoenix doing his part for the environment by wearing I almost have a tear coming to my eye. I'm so overwhelmed with emotional for the sacrifice that Joaquin Phoenix is making. Oh, let me let me compose myself here. Joaquin Phoenix announced that the just before the People's Choice Awards, he would wear the same tuxedo for every one of the award shows during award season this year, which I think extends into March. I mean the sacrifice. Joaquin Phoenix is making wearing the same tuxedo. My, this man should be put on a pedestal. This man should be given a huge monument for the sacrifice that he is making. Additionally, Joaquin Phoenix has shamed all the various award shows into serving plant-based menus to show their commitment to supporting the planet. So the Oscar nominee's luncheon was vegan, plant-based. And this, he feels, is doing his part because by not eating meat or poultry or fish, they're using less, they're, 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 they're taking away less of the resources and less, less uh, uh, carbon, CO2 going into the environment, all absolute poppycock. So meanwhile, while Joaquin is doing a huge sacrifice by wearing the same tuxedo and making everyone eat eat tofu and all sorts of other plant garbage, dandelions, and other weeds for lunch, I guarantee you he's being chauffeured around in a SUV, which I have no problem with. I will guarantee you that he flies privately. I will guarantee you that he has no problem living in large homes using massive amounts of fossil fuels. But remember, it's do as I say, not as I do. Well, he won an Oscar. This I don't even know what he won it for. But he won it this week, and here is an excerpt from his speech. And talk about a guy who's a wackadoodle, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I present Joaquin Phoenix.
4: I think that we've become very disconnected from the natural world. And many of us, what we're guilty of is an egocentric worldview the belief that we're the center of the universe we go into the natural world and we plunder it for its resources we feel entitled to artificially inseminate a cow and when she gives birth we steal her baby even though her cries of anguish are unmistakable and then we take her milk that's intended for her calf and we put it in our coffee and our cereal and i think We fear the idea of personal change because we think that we have to sacrifice something to give something up. But human beings at our best are so inventive and creative and ingenious. And I think that when we use love and compassion as our guiding principles, we can create, develop, and implement systems of change that are beneficial to all sentient beings and to the environment.
1: I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so emotional. I just realized I used milk in my cereal. What I have done taking the little calf away from her mommy cow, I... Uh, hold on a second. Wait, let me get rid of the tears because I, I didn't realize by putting milk in cereal what I was doing. The squeals, the crying of that little baby calf. Uh, Okay, who am I kidding? I'm full of BS. I could care less. Come on, what a load of nonsense this Joaquin Phoenix was spewing. Give me a break. We artificially inseminate cows. Well, guess what? People artificially inseminate too, whether it's a turkey baster or, uh, or going to an artificial insemination clinic. Big deal. And talk to any dairy farmer. They don't just take the calf away. And, and, and the calf starts crying. They are humane to their animals. They want them to produce milk. They don't want to stress the animals. It is an absolute load of poppycock that Joaquin Phoenix has come up with. And this guy is a nutcase. Before, it, it, earlier in the speech, he talked about how he knows that he's been difficult to work with, and he's been very tough, and he's this. And he's a nutcase. He's Meshuggana. He's an absolute wackadoodle. Talk to any of the co-stars that work with him. But now all of a sudden, he's got the, the bully pulpit for making sure we don't plunder our resources. Gee, are they the same resources that put fuel in the plane that you're going to be traveling in, the private plane, the SUV or the limo that you're going to be riding in, or one of the large homes that I'm sure you reside in to heat and cool it? But then, again, putting cream and milk in our coffee. How could we do it with a little... The little calf is crying. They're taking it away from her mommy cow, and now we can't. (sighs) Wait a minute. Let me compose myself. (laughs) I could could do this the entire two hours going after this clown. I should get an Oscar award for the performance. Sergeant Steve, was that crying performance, was that not worthy of an Academy Award or an Oscar? It's got to be better than any of the other performances. I mean, that was paralleling Glenn Beck. And I love Glenn. I know Glenn going way back, but I we must cue the tears. Cue the tears, let me cue those tears. The little mommy Every time I think of the little mommy, the little baby calf going away from the mommy cow, screaming after being artificially inseminated, and that I'm being so selfish to put that milk and cream into my coffee into my cereal. What I, I, I can eat my I can eat my Captain Crunch without the milk. I can eat my raisin bran without the milk. I don't know if I could eat my super sugar smacks without the milk, but I'll give it a try. (laughs) Or my Frosted Lucky Charms. Oh yeah, yeah. these Hollywood types are... This is why it had the lowest ratings in, I don't know, like 20 years, and they keep sinking. I mean, it can't get any lower. It goes into the basement if it gets any lower. They think this is resonating with the rest of America? These people that are making multi-millions, huge money, that love to get up there, like it's a huge sacrifice because you are actually wearing the same tuxedo or the same suit or the same dress more than once. hello E. wake up. What do you think most of America does? Do you think most Americans go out and get a new suit for every day of the week or get a new suit every time they go to a wedding or a, or a, a communion or a bar mitzvah or a graduation? You name it. No. But this is, this is how they think that they are doing some great, great humanitarian deed. A deed that should receive accolades because they're wearing the same suit or the same dress. And then this clown stands up and says, Yeah, I was a real pain in the ass to deal with. Oh man, was I ever a son of a bitch. But oh by the way, we are plundering our resources. Don't use fossil fuel and... Don't put that milk in your cereal or in your coffee because the little baby calf was taken away from her mommy cow. Please spare me. Enough of these Hollywood types. We don't care. We don't watch. As far as I'm concerned, they don't exist. Screw them. They are part of the enemies of pleasure.
0: The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. (laughs) That could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Cigar Day. Day. Thirst quenching libationary maneuvers.
1: Well, I'm still just about half a week away from enjoying a cigar. It's been over five weeks. I had this upper respiratory infection and it turned into bronchitis. So I want to make sure it's totally clear. Don't want to jeopardize getting another cough again. I want to make sure it's out of my system. So today we'll just conduct the national libation ceremony. Litation will pick up next week. By then, it'll be six weeks, ready to enjoy a cigar. And here's the thing: I will be so ready to enjoy that cigar and savor every note of that cigar it'll be it'll be a special treat but I was in the mood for wine normally I enjoy some scotch or some bourbon uh, even some rum but this week I'm in the mood for something different something that I normally do not drink and that would be a white wine I've selected a Chardonnay and something that's not expensive I've selected the Radius Chardonnay. Now Radius, based in Washington State, they're known for making numerous wines. Their red blend is probably their most popular, but they also have a reserve Cabernet Sauvignon. They've got a Cab, a Merlot. That red blend, as I mentioned, very, very popular, and it doesn't break the bank. This Chardonnay suggested retail is $9.99, and they source uh, grapes from Washington and California, you're not going to break the bank. Now, would this be the type of wine that you'd want to serve at a very special occasion? No, but is this a great summer wine, a great wine to have at a party that people can enjoy without going crazy, that's in the 9 10 $11 category? And the answer is absolutely. It's very, very pleasant. For the price, you can't go wrong. So I've had the Radius Red Blend, but never the Chardonnay, so I picked up a bottle, and I've got it right here, and I'm using my... Let me just pour a little bit here. Now here's the thing, is that I use my Coravan, so I don't have to go and essentially open the entire bottle. Yeah, it's not an expensive bottle, but why open it and then a few days later, it's going to turn? There's no need to do that. So essentially what I do is, I use my Coravan system, and I will gently pour here. Okay. All right, and it comes out slowly. There we go, okay, fantastic. So I'm gonna put that there, and I'm gonna swirl it around. It has a very nice, almost apple cider color, golden color. Mmm, some great aroma of oak and spice as I swirl it around in my, my special wine glass here. Very, very pleasant, so let me say cheers. Take a sip. Mmm. Mm. Very nice. Wow. Some apples, some pear. Very clean. <clears throat> I would consider this to be medium-bodied. Not a lot of warmth going down, but that's not the point. A little bit of flavor of the toasted oak. Very nice. Let me take another sip here. Mm. lovely so i will enjoy this radius chardonnay throughout the rest of the show again 10 bucks can't go wrong don't be afraid when you go and look at wine to select wines that are not necessarily super high priced. many people think oh i got to stay in the 20 30 40 dollar category or else it's not going to be good it's not the case not the case in any way shape or form Some of the best wines are not overly expensive. I love Conundrum Red, Conundrum White. You're looking probably in the $18 a bottle, but this is $10. Can't go wrong. And here's what I suggest. Always uh, buy a decanter. If you're serving wine at a party, nobody knows what it is. Pour it in a decanter, let it breathe a little bit, and chances are most people are going to look and say, wow, this is fantastic, this is great, what kind of wine is this? A special wine that I'm able to purchase from a vineyard in Washington State. That's all you need to tell people. Most people do not know. It's incredible. You will see people. Same thing with cigars. They think they've got to go buy a $20 cigar. Yet a $5, $6 cigar, $7 cigar can be just as pleasurable. Don't confuse price with quality. All right. So now that my the libation is properly poured, as I take another sip...
2: Mmm.
1: The enemies of pleasure are after us. They're after those of us that enjoy cigars, spirits, our steaks, plastic bags. They're after us. Piers Morgan, who you will recall had a show, took over for Larry. Hi, this is Larry King on CNN. Wichita, hello. Piers Morgan, the Brit. Piers the Brit. Oh, speaking of the Brit, a happy birthday to the colonel in charge of the European Theater of Operations, Colonel Mick the Brit, His birthday is tomorrow. So a very happy birthday to him. From everyone here stateside, from everyone at the Alpha Male Entertainment Network, the Cigar Dave Show, and, of course, all of our alphas and lieutenants across America, Mick the Brit, a very happy birthday. Hopefully he will have his harem over to properly service him for birthday maneuvers. But Piers Morgan, his fellow Brit, Likes an occasional cigar. He smokes cigars four or five times a year, special occasions. He posted a picture on social media of him smoking a cigar. And I don't know if it was, there's one picture of him when he was wearing a top hat. I don't know if he was at a horse race. There's another one where he was casual. But he posted a picture, apparently, of him smoking a cigar during lunch. And it looks almost like he's in Cuba. And by the way, as I look, Piers, you need a manicure. It's not looking good. You need a shave. And you need a facial, because I can see the blackheads in your nose. It's not good. Not good at all. Send him over to the Command Center Alpha headquarters, and we'll make sure we have a proper esthetician and manicurist take care of him. But he posts this picture. And what happens the next day? His insurance, his health insurance firm, or health insurance company called him. And said they were upping his premium because they had evidence that he was now a smoker. And he was ticked. He said, look, I exercise. I'm fit. I do cycling. And I don't smoke cigarettes. Never have smoked cigarettes. I enjoy four to five cigars a year. But they still wanted to slap him with a huge increase. So he told them to go screw themselves and found another health insurance company. And it's not the first time that apparently cigars have gotten him in hot water. Last year, he was accused of hypocrisy when on his ITV1 breakfast show, he had a cigarette boss on or a cigarette executive who was condemning cigarettes. um, And then people on social media were saying, well, but he smokes cigars. As we know, cigarettes and cigars are night and day. They are two different things. Don't confuse the two. They're totally exclusive. They are totally different. But it is interesting that an insurance company today will do anything they can to come up with an excuse to raise your premium. The fact is we know that occasional cigar smokers statistically have the same health levels as non-smokers. Cigarette, that's a different story. But again, we smoke cigars. The average cigar smoker, and this is from the FDA's own research, that the average, uh, a, a person who smokes the average of one to two cigars per week there's no increase in any health issues. Now I don't tell people, you've never once heard me on this show in the 24 and a half years I've done this show. You've never heard me say, go smoke 10 cigars a day. Smoke as many cigars a day as you can. Go eat 20 pounds of meat every day. We've never said that. I haven't had a cigar in over five weeks because of my upper respiratory infection. I'm not shaking, I'm not in going in any nicotine withdrawal. It's not a problem. So cigarettes and cigars are totally different. But these health insurance companies now want to lump those of us that enjoy cigars into the same category as cigarette smokers. The actuarial tables show that cigar smokers live, and pipe smokers, in fact, pipe smokers, I think, live longer than the average person. And the cigar smokers who enjoy an occasional cigar, maybe one to two per day or one to two per week, one a day, two two per week, whatever, there's no statistically increase in health and morbidity rates. Period. We don't smoke cigars just to for the nicotine. We don't want to smoke 10 cigars a day. If you don't have the time, you don't. And it's ridiculous. And I'll tell you what else is ridiculous. In the state of Maryland, after college, from 1986 until 1989, I lived in Baltimore, Baltimore Maryland. What a great city it was at the time. Mayor William Donald Schaefer was the mayor Yes, he was a Democrat, but he ran a great city, worked with the private sector, cleaned up downtown, made it safe, well-lit, didn't have any of the issues that we see today at the Inner Harbor in Baltimore and the, the huge crime rate and the murder rates. It's a great place to live. I lived right downtown after college. It was wonderful. Loved it. Thought I'd move to Tampa, be here for two years, and move back. As it turns out, 31 years later, I'm still in the cigar city of Tampa. And ironically, I used to love going to visit Baltimore. I have zero urge to go visit Baltimore. It's not the same city I left. But it was a wonderful city. The people were great. The food was great. I had some people that took me under their wing. The great Charlie Eckman. Charlie Markwood Eckman, well-known referee in the NBA in college basketball, was a coach in the NBA for the Fort Wayne Zollner Pistons, going back to the early days. He also was a noted broadcaster, had the chance to work with him, took me under his wing, great guy. In fact, we used to share our love of cigars and scotch together. Charlie, may you rest in peace, I think about you all the time. In fact, I'm going to raise this glass right now, even though I know you'd be saying, kid, forget the Chardonnay, get yourself a scotch or a bourbon, but I'm going to take a sip here. Charlie taught me a lot about being an alpha, enjoying the good life. And Maryland, always known as a great state for those that wanted to enjoy cigars, great tobacconists, and retailers, still, still are, tons of them. Davidas Cigars and uh, uh, just the number of great retailers that are in Maryland, Baltimore, in the uh, D.C. suburbs. Well, the enemies of pleasure in Baltimore have reared their ugly head. They're coming after us. A new pair of Senate bills would limit access to tobacco products could put some retailers out of business totally. Maryland Senate Bill 3 increases the inventory wholesale tax on premium cigars and pipe tobacco from 15% to 30% respectively, so 15% right now on cigars, 30% on pipe tobacco to a devastating Onerous 86%. Now, an inventory wholesale tax. It basically says okay, you're sitting on that inventory, we're going to charge you. We are going to, at the end of every year, we are going to put a tax on the fact that you have inventory. That's why most, in many states that do have inventory or floor taxes, what they try to do at the end of every year is clear out their shelves, clear out the inventory as much as they can. They'd rather sell the cigars they have at close to their wholesale costs than have to pay 15, 30% tax, or in this case, what they want to raise it to is 86%. Again, it's an onerous tax. In addition, House Bill 3, Senate Bill 233 could ban the sale of all tobacco products if passed because what they are saying, and then they potentially could eliminate premium cigars and pipe tobacco, based on the taste or smell of a product. So what they are putting, the language that is being put in, how would this directly affect premium cigars even though premium cigars are not flavored? I mean, Drew Estate, some of their cigars, their acids are. But most premium cigars, 99.5% of cigars, premium cigars are not flavored in any way, shape, or form. But they're saying that if a tobacco product, including cigars, would have the taste or a smell of fruit, mint, candy, or other non-tobacco flavors, or have a certain smell or taste or presumptive evidence that they're flavored tobacco products, they could make them illegal for sale. It's not bad enough that the enemies of pleasure want to raise the tobacco purchase age from 18 to 21. The very same people that are telling you that we need to lower the voting age from 18 to 16 because 16-year-olds are smart enough to make Informed decisions when it comes to voting, but they're not smart enough at 18 to decide whether or not they want to have a glass of wine, beer, or a cigar. The hypocrisy runs rampant. But all you need is some bureaucrat to say, well, that premium cigar, that Arturo Fuente, that Padron 1926 series, that Rocky Patel Edge, that Perdomo Habano, eh, you know what? It does have a certain smell, and there's presumptive evidence that it has a smell of something that's flavored. And then all of a sudden, they could make that illegal. Very dangerous territory. What have I always said about the enemies of pleasure? Encroachment. They start off like cockroaches. You first see a cockroach in your house, and you figure, okay, there's maybe one cockroach. Okay, no big deal. You stomp it out, that's the end of it. Next thing you know, you see two more. Then three more. Then four more. Then you have to have the exterminator every month. And even with the exterminator, you'll still see a few now and then. It's the same thing with the enemies of pleasure. They are like cockroaches. Oh, and in fact, I think... you can hear Baron. Pendragon's royal baron, Mike Canine Security detail. As soon as I mention the enemies of pleasure, he goes crazy. Good boy, Baron. Don't worry, there's no enemies of pleasure. We've made sure within a 1 mile radius, we're okay. See, he's looking. As soon as I say enemies of pleasure, the tail is up, he starts barking. Good boy, Baron. Always good to be watching for the enemies of pleasure. But they're like cockroaches. They come in incrementalism. It's okay, Baron. Baron, come here. Come here. There's no enemies of pleasure. Mike Bloomberg is not Anywhere near the Sunshine State or the Cigar City? Come here, buddy. It's okay. Good boy. Good to protect. Good to protect all the alphas from the enemies of pleasure. Very good. And the Democrats and the libs. Good boy. I should give him a treat right now. I really should. I should go over and give him some chicken chips. But I don't want to leave my microphone position. Good boy, Baron. Good job, buddy. All right. So these enemies of pleasure are like cockroaches. What they do, and they're, it's all about incrementalism. They first come under the guise of we just want to eliminate smoking just in restaurants. That's all. That's all we want. And so they get their way. Then they come in and say, we just want to eliminate. Now it's worked so well in in indoor restaurants and buildings. Now we think there should be no outdoor patios that are cigar or smoking friendly. And then they get their way there. Now they've got their foot in the door. Then they say, you know, it's worked so well not having indoor smoking and the the smoking bans on outdoor patios at restaurants and bars. We ought to extend it to sidewalks and then extend it to parks and golf courses and all public streets. They never stop. They're like the cockroaches that you want to whack once, but you can't. They keep rearing their ugly heads. Mark my words, they're thrilled that the tobacco age went from 18 to 21, but they're not satisfied. Oh, they're thrilled it went to 21. If you don't think they're going to now try to raise it to 25, think again. Listen to what I'm saying. Mark it down on Saturday, February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day. And by the way, I forgot to mention Valentine's Day last weekend to Cigar Mother and Cigar Sister. A happy belated Valentine's Day to them. Cigar Mother and Cigar Sister. But they're not going to be happy. Until they totally prohibit the sale of any tobacco products, so it's going to go from 18 to purchase tobacco to 21. They're going to start a campaign to raise it to 25, then 30. There's a proposal in Hawaii where that they wanted to. You essentially, uh, I think, you had to be, I think, a uh, uh, hundred or 95 years old to be able to purchase tobacco products. They, that's how how just onerous and how ridiculous these people think, these enemies of pleasure. They don't care about personal freedom, but yet these are the same people saying, we need to have 16-year-olds voting. These are the same people that are saying, oh, wait a minute, I have the right to choose. Okay, fine. I don't want to get into anybody's personal life. That's not up to me. But by the same token, do not come into my personal life and tell me, or an adult who's 18, that they can't purchase a cigar or that I can't have a cigar no matter what my age. We all hear about freedom of choice. I believe in freedom of choice. Freedom to enjoy a libation, freedom to enjoy a cigar, freedom to have a harem, freedom to live your life in peace without the enemies of pleasure bureaucrats up your tuchus. So if they want to lower the the voting age from 18 to 16, I say fine, okay, then by the same token, Let's lower the drinking age to 16. Let's lower the age to purchase tobacco to 16. All the same things. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. But I'm telling you right now, there will be a movement to raise the tobacco purchase age to 25. Quick time out. We shall continue. Get the latest cigars, hand-picked by the
0: General, each month, delivered straight to your door. When you join the Cigar Dave Officers Club, for just $22.95 a month, you'll receive three premium cigars in a customized Ziploc Cigar Dave pouch. To join, go to CigarDave.com.
5: let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org.
1: The Cigar Dave Officers Club has been en fuego, on fire with marvelous selections. And we continue that trend for February. We feature a full-flavored selection of Crowned Heads' unique, artisanal quality cigars. First up, the Jericho Hill, dedicated to the man in black. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. Jericho Hill the first Nicaraguan cigar from Crown Heads. It's wrapped in a Mexican San Andres Maduro wrapper. Rich, dark, delivers medium to full-flavored attitude. Then, we feature the La Imperiosa. Buckle up. It's a seriously full-flavored beauty. Ecuadorian Habano Oscura wrapper ignites massive notes of pepper. And then we wrap it up with Juarez, inspired by Jericho Hill. But Juarez amps up the strength, delivering notes of spice and sweetness. $22.95 per month. You get three great cigars like the Crown Heads full-flavored sampler. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officer's Club, and join the Officer's Club today. The Westminster Dog Show, 144th Westminster Dog Show, took place earlier this week. I am irate. Siba. Siba. A black standard poodle was named best in show. I'm sorry. First of all, I'm looking at this poodle. This is the butt. Not only was the handler butt ugly, but so was the dog. This dog looks like, I'm not kidding you, like a baboon or an ape. It's got this big hair around in the face. Like if you look at a baboon or an ape in the zoo, that's what you would see on this thing. Ugly, ugly, ugly. And Daniel the Golden Retriever, who was the fan favorite, was snubbed. You know, Golden Retriever has never won the Westminster Dog Show. As far as I'm concerned, Pendragon's Royal Baron, Puppy Baron, who will be two next month, he would have kicked the ass of every one of those dogs. He is far better looking, far more regal, and far smarter. Right, Baron? And he's trained to hunt and destroy the enemies of pleasure and secure the compound from all enemies. Ugly Dog. We'll post this at CigarDave.com and social media. But I love one uh, one of the other finalists named Bourbon, a hound. What a great name. Baron, you are the champion, buddy. Mark Blanton, our resident uh, tech guru and owner of the Humidor Store in the Cigar City, will join us next hour as we talk about the Consumer Electronics Show, the CES Review, next hour. Stay there.
0: This this is AMEN, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General, General cigar. cigar Dave.
1: Well, my cocktail is absolutely properly poured in my wine glass here, a nice Chardonnay that we enjoyed for the libation ceremony. No cigar today because, again, I want to make sure I'm totally clear of my bronchitis and that upper respiratory infection. Just playing it safe next week, I'll be ready to enjoy a cigar. First time in about five, five and a half weeks, and I will enjoy it thoroughly. And one of the other things that I enjoy thoroughly technology, toys for boys, gadgets, all sorts of items that we as alpha males want to have, whether it's giant screen TVs, whether it is drones, whether it is remote controls, any kind of technology, we want it. And the place where all the technology is released, the Consumer Electronics Show, the CES, that took place last month in Vegas. And we welcome you back to our number two. Don't forget, follow me on social media. Just go to cigardave.com, upper right hand corner, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter always on at Cigar Dave Show, Facebook Cigar Dave. And our resident tech guru, longtime friend, who also happens to be one of the proprietors of the humidor store, the foremost company in the world to create your own walk-in humidor, humidification devices. Uh, standalone type humidors, cabinets right here in the Cigar City. The humidor store, great stuff. Does all of the humidor work for and humidification for the Alpha Male Entertainment Network and me personally. Captain Mark Blanton joins us. Mark, great to have you with us. CES took place last month. We're finally able to get you on, and it's an incredible show. I just want to give the facts real quickly. The number of participants... There are 4,500 exhibiting uh, companies, 175,000-plus attendees. It's the largest convention in Vegas, 160-plus countries represented. It takes up the Las Vegas Convention and World Trade Center, the Westgate Las Vegas, the Renaissance Las Vegas, the Sands Expo Center, the Venetian Convention Center rooms, the Palazzo, the Wynn, the Encore, Uh, Aria, Monte Carlo, Vedera, all their banquet rooms and meeting space. This thing is absolutely giant. Everybody thought it was all about TVs. It's not. It has changed dramatically.
6: Good day, General. Yes. CES, all that you said, and we try to see it in four days. Needless to say, it is impossible. It is absolutely impossible to see the entire show. There is always a ton that you miss but you try to see as much as you can. I treat it kind of like a flea market. I go to each and every single booth, whether it's something I'm interested or not, because I want to see exactly what they're offering and what's new out there. This year, um, we, the show goes from the Tuesday to Friday is how it works. We always arrive in there on Monday mornings because on Monday evenings, there's always some kind of keynote speaker that kind of starts the show off and we never want to miss that. And this year, it was Samsung. So anyway, when we got to the airport, Remember, this is the ultra technology show in the world, and we get there, and there are literally, I mean, thousands and thousands of us getting off of planes, and we get our bags, and then you get your badges for the show at the airport. makes it quite convenient. Well, lo and behold, we're there, and the line's not moving. We can't figure out what in the world's going on, and so the guys in the front of the line comes back and says, you're not going to believe this, but the computers went down. I said, you got to be kidding me. We're at the most <laughs> advanced technology show in the world, and nobody can get a badge, can't go anywhere. It shut down all throughout the city. Long story short, it was only down about an hour. We got up, but it just goes to show you, even the best of the best have glitches from day to day. We got to our hotel right on schedule, and there was these tremendous lines at this hotel, and we're going, what the hell's going on? And we're looking at it, come to find out that um, uh, Lyft has uh, come out and brought out their self-driving cars and they were offering free rides from the hotels in their self-driving cars to the convention center and everybody wanted to go for a ride and it was, it was unbelievable. Now, I personally never got a chance to get into one of those self-driving cars because the line was so long. I mean, when I say massive, there must've been, oh, at least 400 people in line to get a ride. And there weren't that many self-driving cars around, but it goes to show you that technology is here and now, and it is coming forward whether you like it or not.
1: Well, it's interesting talking about the CES, because there's been some really incredible technology innovations and introductions going back to 1967, when the first consumer electronics show kicked off in New York City, and they had 250 exhibitors and 17,000 attendees. And this is some wild technology when you think about this, technology that we, at the time, was state-of-the-art, we used all the time, much of which has gone by the wayside. 1970, the first VCR, was introduced. And I remember as a kid, probably maybe around 1977, 78, when the Betamax first came. And then there was the VHS. And I'll never forget going into an electronics store in Buffalo. And it was this giant Betamax. I mean, it looked like this thing must have weighed about 50 pounds. And I remember there was a channel tuner, an old analog tuner at the front. That's how you change the channel to what you're going to record. And this giant tape thing came up from the front. And I remember seeing it saying, that's incredible. And I remember going to the guy saying, yeah, how much? And he's like, $1,700. And I said, wow, that's a little steep. I'll wait till the price comes down. He said, let me tell you something right now. It's as cheap as it's going to get. It's never coming down. This is it. Well, lo and behold, at the end, you could buy VCRs for, I think, 79 bucks. And it's really incredible. But then, 1974, the disc player. 1981, the camcorder and CD player. And at the time, CDs, that was incredible. I remember in Baltimore, when I lived in Baltimore after college, I bought my first CD player, maybe the first five, six CDs, and I, was, I said to myself, this is incredible. The sound, look how small this is. There's no static. Then we saw in 1991, or 1994, the first digital satellite system, uh, basically, direct TV, USSB at the time, 1998, high definition TV, 2000 satellite radio, 2001, the Xbox, 2004, HD radio, 2008 OLED, and then last year 5G connectivity. But when you look at a lot of those technologies, Mark, camcorders, VCR, Laserdisc, they're gone. Gone. They've yes. already been replaced. Yes. We used to go to record stores as kids. No more. Now you do it right on your on your smartphone. When you think of how the technology is changing, at a far more rapid pace than 40 years ago. It really is amazing.
6: But to show you how far it's gone, just realize if I'm not exact on this, but I think it's approximately 13 years ago is when the iPhone was released to the public. The very first iPhone, only thirteen years ago, and look how far we have come now in the things we do with our telephones. Last year, when we t- were on uh, talking about CES, um, we were talking about five G. And about all oh, 5G this, 5G that. Well, what was amazing at this year's show was the 5G was toned way, way, way down. I mean like 20% of the hype of what it was last year because last year was a big sales gimmick. And this year the real world came out because they everybody found out in the real world that hey – it takes a lot to put 5G out there because you got to put up these ton of antennas, the signal doesn't go very far, and therefore you have to have a lot of antennas to make it work. And so this year we uh, went to a, uh, an event that was talking about 5G and 4G, and uh, it was put on by a gentleman named Shelley Palmer, which is a guru in technology. Sure. And he says, do you know what 5G is gonna do for us, the consumers? And, and he comes back and he says, absolutely nothing. And uh, everybody was like floored. There's about maybe 300 in this group. And he said, here's the deal. On your cell phone, it's going to do nothing. And here's why. He said, first of all, let's put things in perspective. Right now, a 4G connection takes 43 milliseconds. A 5G connection takes 1.5 milliseconds. To put that in perspective, a blink of an eye is 300 to 400 milliseconds. We're talking instantaneous. So you get 5G, so you made a faster phone call. Who cares? Because nobody can tell the difference. It's great for downloading, but on our cell phones, we don't download anything. We stream everything. You're watching YouTube, that's streaming. Right. If you're watching Netflix, that's streaming. You're not downloading a gigantic file and then playing it. So where it's going to really help out at is the people in business. Have an antenna on the outside of your business, and then everything inside your business will run on 5G and super high speed. But from our cell phone point of view, uh, 5G and 4G um, – it's really not. It's really not there, and I don't look for it to be there at least in the next five to six years. And the reason is, is when you don't get five G, is automatically going to divert to four G. Now, remember, last year, before any of this started coming out, they said only a five G phone can run five G, and only four G can run four G. Well, that true. That proved out to be unfounded because a five G phone will uh, uh, downgrade to a four G automatically when it can't get the five G signal. Um, 5G signal does not go through walls. Weather, uh, if, a, if a tree branch blows in front of the antenna, it degrades the signal. So this 5G is way, way, way different than 4G in quality and being able to reach us you know, on our cell phones. I mean, let's face this. We travel around the country. You'll get some places where you have difficult time with cell service. I've even dropped down in some areas 3G. I didn't even know 3G even existed. Right. But I... But I even got some 3G out in in the way in the countryside, you know, north of Texas, out in the middle of the plant states. So I don't want everybody to really think that this 5G is the end-all, be-all of everything. It's really not, because 4G right now, they've got it throttled. And uh, it's only throttled about 50% right now. They can really boost the speed on 4G. Um, they've they've held it back because they don't want to overburden the, de- the network and everything. But, um, but 5G, uh, yes, it's here. It's coming. It's very expensive on the build-out. I mean, we took a look at some numbers. I mean, we're talking like $850 million on a build-out. And the last time I looked at any balance sheets of any of the at and or Verizon, all those guys, they don't have that kind of money to throw into a massive build-out all in one time nor do they have the manpower to be able to do it. So I look for this to be rolled out over a period of the next four or five years. And yes, we're going to get there. No doubt about it. Uh, Cause it's here now they're doing it at the stadiums first at our football stadiums. Uh, Miami of course has got 5g. Now we in Tampa, Florida where I am at um, we have Tampa stadium. And I just, by just coincidence yesterday had the executives from Verizon in my office and they are building out Tampa Stadium right now with 5G and they're building out the surrounding area around Tampa Stadium with 5G because all the big wigs all go to the big game, you know, and that's where we are.
1: And Super Bowl's coming next January or February, so they're anticipating that. Mark Blanton, a tech guru, longtime friend of the show and proprietor of the Humidor store, one of the, not one of the, the foremost authority and, I think, uh, manufacturer of humidification systems and creating walk-in humidors, cabinets to properly maintain your cigars and your wine as well. Joins us, attended the CES. How many years have you been attending CES, Mark?
6: Right now, I think this is my 15th year, if I'm not mistaken. I quit keeping track. I'm getting old, and but I've been going a very, very long time, and I sure have seen a lot of technology change in my day.
1: All right, so when we talk about CES, the first thing that always comes to mind is TVs. Big screen TVs, flat screen TVs, foldable TVs. And I understand that Samsung and LG had very, very cool booth spaces with loads of micro LEDs, OLEDs, and and 8K panels. But the star of the show, from what I hear, was that there was a Samsung 292-inch Micro LED TV. First of all, what's the difference between OLED, micro LED, and that 292-inch must have been absolutely mammoth?
6: It is unbelievable. Samsung has this product they brought out actually three years ago, believe it or not, called the Wall. And when you went up to the wall, it was so real because it's it's transmit in 8K is what you're basically looking at. Um, you got the uh, micro LED, you got the OLED. Of course, uh, Samsung's uh, QL QLED. I mean, there's all kind of buzzwords everybody's getting, and all boils down to the number of dots per inch. Basically, the tighter you can get the LEDs put together that's transmitting the light the better the picture in the story um the wall let's talk about samsung first of all it is the leader it is the greatest quality tv out there and you can make it any size you want because they sell to tv and panels the panels are approximately about 10 inches by 10 inches on square and then you just kind of put it together like a rector set and then the computer little simple computer module takes and and uh Formulates the picture size to go onto that square that you built. Now you have to understand the seams are seamless. You don't see them. You can walk right up to it. You're not going to see them. It is that, that good. Uh, LG's out there trying to compete in the same space. Um, Sharp is trying to do a heck of a job out there. They're all competing, but let's face it, they're all over in Asia. A lot of them are getting the components from the same areas. Um, a lot of similarities and a lot of things and, and I can see why that it is. I like Samsung a lot. Samsung is really diverse out there from TVs to uh, interaction with your cars to uh, your cell phone devices. It's absolutely just phenomenal what Samsung's doing and they're always thinking. When we got there on that Monday, Monday night was the keynote and guess what? It was Samsung. So we went there, about 3,000 of us in the room and we sat there And then all of a sudden, the president of Samsung comes walking out on stage. And then there's this little yellow ball about the size, just a little bit bigger than a grapefruit. I'm going to say maybe like two inches bigger than a grapefruit, but not the size, not the size of a soccer ball. Comes out bright yellow and it's following him. And we're all going, what the heck is this? And we're thinking we're in Vegas, magic show, David Copperfield kind of thing or whatever. Well, lo and behold, this little ball was an interactive ball that had a camera and it could talk and it had face recognition and it would follow you anywhere you wanted to go. And we're going, what the heck would you use something like this for? Well, guess what? Senior care. Think about it. Everybody has a mom and dad. We're all getting older. As people are getting older, uh, we're living longer. Modern technology and medicine, how we take care of ourselves but you, mom doesn't want to have a healthcare professional in the house always watching her, and you can't stay there and watch her. This little ball called Bally, B-A-L-L-I-E. You can go on YouTube, look it up. It's unbelievable. You can see the exact presentation that I was sitting at because they were filming it. And this little ball will follow your mom or dad or dog or children or whatever you want to do around the house. Stay under the chairs where it's not in the middle of the room or anything. And you'll be able to look at it. On your cell phone to see if your mom's okay, is the kid's okay and everything. You can communicate through it. It can communicate back to you. If your mom or dad were to fall accidentally, it has sensors to know that your mom fell. It knows to automatically call you on your cell phone, give you a picture. It has the ability to turn around and call 911. It is unbelievable what it can do. And again, Samsung the leader out there on this. but this is first generation. I mean this was brand brand new. think where it's going to be in five years. but they were saying instead of having these cameras all over the house, to look to see how your kids are doing or your mom's doing, just have this little ball follow it around and it it's the darnest thing I've ever seen.
1: Well, it's interesting. I'm watching a video on it right now. It really is incredible. So a couple of couple of questions I would have. Number one, what if you live in a two-story or multi-story home and you've got stairs? Do you have to have one of these on each on each yes, floor? Yes, you do. We'll, we, okay. we asked
6: that question. We said, how's it going to go up the stairs? And he said, well, it can go down, but it can't go up. And now how about on um, carpet? So will it work on carpet? Yes. Yes, works on carpet with no problem.
1: Then the other question um, people will have is, of course, security. We've now, you know, there's Ring and there's all these other doorbells. And now it's coming out that the footage is not encrypted, that employees of the various doorbell companies whether it's amazon or google can tap into this they're dealing with uh, uh very po- various police departments and not telling people so privacy is always an issue as well have they addressed what kind of security will there be uh, an encrypted video feed or wherever it's available so that people can't just automatically go in and watch what you're doing randomly
6: They realize they've got a problem. They know they have to address it. Um, It's being talked about, but specifics are not being talked about. That really bothers me a lot. Um, It's almost like uh, if you develop a new lock, there's going to be a new locksmith knows how to unlock that lock so it's going to be a cat and mouse chase from this point forward it'll never end and i always tell everybody i said look one if you are putting cameras in and you're starting to broadcast that information out i said that's really dangerous because the world can break in and see it here you are on facebook and you're telling somebody i'm going to the mountains for vacation. Well, there the burglars can see, okay, he's going to the mountains. The Next thing you know, well, I can look at his camera feed and I can see if there's anybody home. It's really scary where it's going and you need to take a little bit of self-responsibility for your own security and use some common sense here because you just never know who's looking in that camera.
1: All right, we've got about a minute and a half in this segment, Mark. Let's uh, highlight another uh, exciting product that came out of CES.
6: Um, the one thing that I was really impressed with when I went to the Samsung booth is I've been waiting to see it, got my hands on it. It was the new Samsung Fold, the phone. That's the big thing out there now. The, the Samsung Fold, 1980 bucks. Let me tell you what. I was expecting something kind of cheap and not really nice. Uh, if it was like a, a Samsung Note where you could take notes on it, uh, you had me at Hello. It is going to turn the cell phone into a business device, and everybody's out there chasing this. I mean, look, uh, Hawaii's got the Mate X. Of course, it's only available over in China, but of course, you got the motor. I mean, the Motorola Razor Flip. So there's all kind of new designs coming out on cell phones. We'll be chasing that to the end of time. But the flip technology and the flexible screen technology, it is there and it's getting literally better by the year and do not discount this samsung fold it is the cast meow in my opinion when it comes to cell phones because you have a cell phone and you open it up and you have a mini tablet it's unbelievable
1: well the price is going to have to come down because 1900 bucks is or 1800 bucks is pretty stiff but with technology we've seen Technology prices come down on a regular basis, especially as, I remember LED TVs and, and HD TVs, how expensive they were. Now, $3, 4 5 6 700 you get the brand new, you know, top of the line, state of the art. Mark Blanton, our red, uh, uh, red uh, uh, resident tech guru, also owner of the Humidor Store is our guest as we are exploring everything that occurred at the CES. There's technology, there's a whole bunch of other items. We'll continue with Mark around the corner.
0: Check out the all new CigarDave.com Get info on the cigars and libations the General enjoys during the show. Get recipes from the Pooch Pit and drink cocktails too. You can listen to the show on our 24-7 stream or download the latest podcast to listen to anytime. Get it all at CigarDave.com cigars, spirits, diversions, and the good life. The General
1: Cigar Dave. We have to include technology, gadgets, all sorts of other alpha male goodies in there as well. The Consumer Electronics Show took place mid-January. We're finally getting around to talking about it with Mark Blanton, our resident tech guru, also the proprietor of the humidor store in the Cigar City, and they are the foremost authority on humidification when it comes to your cigars or proper cooling for your wine. They have built, and Mark, I've seen, I've been over to the humidor store, and I remember when you would go to the cigar retailers' conventions, you would build a giant walk-in humidor that you would actually tear down and build on the show floor. Absolutely incredible. You've done everything from a small cabinet all the way up to a giant walk-in humidor, very alpha male kind of uh, man cave, as well as a lot of retailers across the country that you've also built out their humidification devices and their displays. So great stuff for anybody, really, whether you want just a small cabinet or something absolutely massive into your house.
6: Absolutely. The, uh, the small walk-in has really taken off. I mean, I have to say that's probably about 70% of our business right now. What people like about it is if they move or they want to grow it, it's all modular. And so we just send you extra pieces to make it bigger. You wanna take it to a new home, no big deal. You just take it apart. It just put together with bolts and wing nuts and it comes with air and humidification and and LED lights and everything you want. It's a turnkey system, really super simple. And what we've taken that same concept now, getting ready to release it just in about a month from now is we got the same thing for your wine, a portable wine cellar. And uh, this is going to do incredible. We've had all kind of interest from all the major retailers out there because they want to be able to sell this to their customers because everybody has wine. And as you start collecting wine, you like to have your own little private wine cellar. And we have the ability to make it a pure wine cellar for you. Or we can have a little mix, a little wine cellar and humidor combined.
1: Well, one of the, the things that I love that you showed me was, and, and a lot of people may go in, buy a house, and so they may not plan on staying there forever, but to go out and build a custom-made room where you've got wood paneling on the walls and you know, you're know you really the ceiling, and once you build it, you can't take it with you, but you solve that problem the way that you can actually take a room, measure a room, and you can basically create a, a walk-in type of humidor, man cave experience, but if somebody moves or gets a bigger house or downsizes, they can take the, the entire room with them for all practical purposes
6: absolutely it's really simple to take apart takes about three to four hours to take it apart and about three to four hours to put it together all you need is a screwdriver and a pair of pliers is all you need all the connections are led is is basically a barrel connector you just plug and play is how the whole thing works uh and you just need a 110 volt socket for it to uh, to work on the air conditioning. We just upgraded that. And now you don't even need a drain anymore because it gets rid of the moisture. Anything that it would happen to collect, it evaporates into the air. So that's just absolutely fantastic where it's all going. And of course, we're like technology as time goes on. We make things better, quicker, uh, more economical because we're making it, find a way to make it faster. And it's all made right here in Tampa, Florida in the United States. And that's what it's all about giving Americans jobs.
1: I agree with you 100%. Now, Mark, you were at the CES in Las Vegas last month, and we talked about some of the cool products that you saw. We talked about the TVs, the foldable uh, phone, as well as uh, it's kind of a tablet as well. But there's some other items that I want to hit. What other? You mentioned something to me earlier called Eureka Park. What is that?
6: Eureka Park is an area. If you've got something brand new, has never been in uh, displayed at the show before, you want to go to Eureka Park because that's where you would exhibit at. Well, that's the first place that I hit. It's the people that in Eureka Park are companies that have spent more money in getting their booth space, putting up their booth, and getting to Las Vegas than they have. Money in their entire company, brand new ideas. People, I mean, they haven't been represented yet. They come up with this idea. Some of the products are really crude. Some of them are a little more advanced. They spend a little more time in polishing their product, but you find some just unbelievably neat, neat, neat ideas. Um, One of them, I ran across a guy, and you know how all of us, we have to charge our cell phones and our tablets, no matter whether it's Apple, whether it's Samsung, whatever we got. We always have to charge it. Well, the big thing, of course, has come along in recent years is what's called inductive charging, where, you know, you take your your cell phone or tablet or earbuds or whatever, and you put it down onto like a little plate, for example, and then it automatically charges without you having to plug something in. Again, inductive charging. Well, this gentleman had taken it a whole nother level. He has this module that you put underneath the seat in your car, and what it does, it broadcast sends out inductive charging doesn't affect you or your electronics or anything like that but it charges anybody and everybody who has anything in the car so now all of a sudden your passengers in the back seat there are cell phones are automatically being charged when the front seat of course everybody's cell phones are being charged because how many times a day do we as individuals look down at our cell phone or tablet to see how much battery life we have left and do we need to plug it in This was ingenious what this guy has come up with for our cars. Now, let's take it the next step. What if you just took it and you put it in your house, put it at your office? Now, all of a sudden, you don't have to have a charging pad. You don't have to have cables anymore. Wherever you go, you walk in the area, your phone's going to automatically start charging. I thought it was unreal until the guy plugged it in and made it work and I was standing at his booth in front of him about three foot away from him and my phone was charging. I'm going, this is unbelievable. Think of the implications that this could have. And again, this was this guy's very first trade show he'd ever done. He invented this thing in his garage at his house, kind of like how Microsoft invented the computer and look at what he's done. Give it the next few years, I look for this to be a real player if one of the major technology companies or automotive manufacturers didn't already buy him out by now to get this out in the marketplace, because it was something that was so simple, and it's something that every single one of us need, no matter what kind of device or brand that we have.
1: Here's my question. If it's charging your phone and you're sitting on this thing, is it doing something to your body? Is there electrical current going through your body? That's something that has to be looked at with
6: all these radio
1: waves and everything else. I agree. Somebody's got a pacemaker. Does that disrupt that? I'm not sure I want to sit on an inductive charging pad. But but, but, the concept is interesting.
6: It was very it was very small. I mean, that basically the, it was a coil that was approximately about three quarters of an inch in diameter, and it was basically like a um, uh, an oval, and the oval was maybe only about a foot and a half um, wide by maybe say a foot and a quarter uh, deep, if you would say, and that's all it was. It's was just one pipe. It looked like a it looked like anyway a copper pipe. I had some electronic phones, had a control unit and everything, and it was doing that. And I absolutely agree with you on the pacemaker net, and it needs to be checked out. I'm just saying these are the guys that are bringing cutting-edge new ways of looking at technology to solve problems that we have today but let's face it we, we're we all talking on cell phones every single day and we're putting this thing is generating massive amount of waves out of them our cell all phones right. got power and we got it literally within uh, what a quarter of an inch of our brain cells you know well that's so, why i always
1: use speaker or i use a plugged in i don't even use a bluetooth head uh, headset I, <coughs> excuse me i use a, a little just one that plugs in and goes right into my ear but i rarely if ever uh, I hold that phone next to me. I will always use the speaker phone where it's maybe six, eight inches away from me, but preferably I've got just the old fashioned, uh, basically uh, earplug. That's got the little microphone. You, you put that in there and I find that to be better quality than the Bluetooth. And I don't have to worry about the radio waves. So it's old fashioned, it's old school, but I agree with you. I think, uh, when you see a lot of these people that have the phone to their heads for hours a day, I don't care what anybody says. You know that can't be good. Now, Mark, let's talk about something that affects a plethora, a huge number, mil- millions, and as Bernie Sanders would say, billions of billions and billions of Americans every year, and that is Amazon deliveries.
6: And there was a solution
1: for getting your Amazon delivery securely at CES.
6: Absolutely. We are, uh, Amazon's really changed the way the world does business, okay? Also, uh, groceries. I mean, let's face it, many of the grocery stores in the country are now offering delivery. Well, when they deliver and you're not at the house or you're working late at the office, what are they going to do? Either not deliver it or they're going to put it on your doorstep where you can have the porch pirates come by and steal your stuff, Well, there were a couple companies. I'm going to just mention one of them, a company called Delivery Pods. And what this is, it's a little small cabinet, very nice looking cabinet now, okay? And what it does is um, it has multiple doors on it and it sits outside your house and it's got a little green LED on it, letting the driver, whoever it is, know that that area is open. So he opens it up. And when he opens it up, he puts his items inside and then he closes it. And when he closes, he waves his hand and the door goes locked. It cannot be opened other than anyone except yourself. And it's opened via your cell phone because it's hooked up to Wi-Fi in your house. So, for example, something gets delivered. Let's say your kids get home early or a friend gets there and you go, hey, um, that would, your uh, package was delivered today. And he goes, oh, yeah, and it, well, here, I'll unlock it. And he goes out front and things unlocked and you can – Get your items out, and it's good to go again for the next delivery. It also has a built-in cell camera on it, so you know, a camera through the through the Wi-Fi, so that when that delivery is made, it's got motion, so you can see the driver come walking up to the box, almost like a ring, like we have a lot of people have at their house. And then it goes in, the message comes to the phone, you get to look at it, and you can see for sure it was, it was uh, delivered, show that it was locked, I just think it's a great idea because there's so many porch pirate incidents out there in this country, and this unit ranges in size. You get multiple sizes anywhere from a low of about two forty nine up to four hundred forty nine dollars. But think about it: if you get things stolen, say you had a I don't know, say a Samsung watch delivered, for example, uh, that's three hundred fifty bucks. And if someone turns around and, and steals it off your porch, you're chasing, well, did it get delivered? And of course, Amazon says, yes, here's the picture of it. But you're the one out the money because someone's the one that stole it from you. They didn't steal it from Amazon. And that goes for any kind of deliverance, whether it's UPS, the mail service or whatever. It's a nice way to be able to lock something up on a delivery, know that it's delivered. But the real neat thing about it was you're at the office, somebody's at the house, You can unlock it for anybody at any time. You can even be at the office. You can be on the other side of the world for that matter because of the Internet. And you can unlock it, and you can see somebody unlocking it, making sure they got it, and it's all being recorded. Just phenomenal idea. So simple, but it's something that solves a current-day problem that we have.
1: And I see that actually they've got a Kickstarter campaign that they have going on, and they've already raised, I think, $37,000 to bring this delivery pod to life. It isn't a cool looking item. Uh, The question is, can it be permanently affixed to concrete or uh, a wall or something so that people don't just say, okay, you know what, I'm not gonna take the package, I'm gonna take the whole delivery pod.
6: Yes, yes. They, they got a way to fix it to the ground, to the concrete, or uh, from the inside. Almost kernel like we have our safes today. You buy any right. kind of a safe, a Century safe. It's got ways to be able to anchor it down. This is the same thing. Now, there's some other companies that seeing what's going on, and they took it a little bit further. They're a little head on the power curve, and involves drones and stuff. But what they've done, it's a mailbox. And it's a mailbox where it's legal for the mailman, of course, to drop it in normally. It has the same concept on the bottom, except it's out on the street, okay? And then it's got a flat top on it, and it's where future deliveries from drones can land on it and drop their packages, and the packages go inside the lockbox. So it's a much more advanced. I'm going, well, we're really not there today on it. Great idea. Glad you got it. But current uh, deal, everybody's dropping our packages, most of us anyway, at our front door. And that's where I thought this little delivery box would really come in handy. And I do plan on getting one.
1: Very cool. Mark Blanton, our resident tech guru, is our guest talking about the Consumer Electronics Show, All the Goodies Gadgets, released a month ago. Our final and concluding segment of this edition of The Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. The Cigar Dave Officers Club has been en fuego, on fire, with marvelous selections. And we continue that trend for February. We feature a full-flavored selection of Crowned Heads' unique, artisanal-quality cigars. First up, the Jericho Hill, dedicated to the man in black. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. Jericho Hill. The first Nicaraguan cigar from Crown Heads. It's wrapped in a Mexican San Andrean Maduro wrapper. Rich, dark, delivers medium to full-flavored attitude. Then, we feature the La Imperiosa Buckle Up. It's a seriously full-flavored beauty. Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper ignites massive notes of pepper. And then we wrap it up with Juarez, inspired by Jericho Hill. But Juarez amps up the strength, delivering notes of spice and sweetness. per month, you get three great cigars like the Crown Heads full flavored sampler. Go to cigardave.com, click on Officers Club, and join the Officers Club today. Hi, this is
5: Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish, and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm going to go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar but the 15th anniversary,
0: that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I gotta tell you, it's my favorite.
5: You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree, but guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com.
0: Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Defending your rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of pleasure. It's the General Cigar Dave.
1: Final segment as we talk consumer electronic show recap with Mark Blatton, our resident tech guru, as well as the proprietor of the Humidor store based here in the Cigar City. Great humidification, custom made humidors, anything from a cabinet all the way to a walk in man cave type of humidor. Mark. It's interesting because the CES was always geared towards consumer electronics, but a few years ago, the auto manufacturers started to display their cars and technology, and I understand there were two concept cars that were uh, or made their debut at this year's CES a month ago.
6: Yeah, there uh, that's the thing. We on North Hall uh, at the Las Vegas Convention Center there are a lot of new concept cars There just wasn't to most of the manufacturers brought their new concept cars there. The one thing about the concept cars, they're, they're way out there showing all the latest technology, new styles. It's, it's really radical. But it's like if any of us have gone to the car shows, they always have the concept cars there. But we never see that in real world. It never really comes out where the rest of the show, you'll see the Samsung TVs and all the other stuff that's out there that's getting ready to come out in the next year. And what you see is what you get. But over on the concept side with the cars, what you see is not what you're gonna get. You might get a fraction of it. They're just getting what kind of response they can get back from it. And that's that's what's kind of disappointing. I go through there and I look at that and I'm very impressed with a lot of things that they're doing, but I go, that's great. The only time I'm gonna see it is here at CES. And that's, I don't really focus on that really heavy because we're not going to see it. I want I want stuff that I can touch. I'm a, I'm a gadget guy. I love my toys. I want to touch it. Don't just show me something and never give it to me.
1: Well, but you never know. Some of the technology may end up in cars down the road. So the Sony Vision S and the Mercedes 2020 concept car, we may not see all the technology, but there could be some bits and pieces. Now, I understand that there is a, a heavy focus on electric scooters and electric bikes
6: this is where there really been some serious advances. Uh, and this is uh, what you see is what you're going to get. That's out there. Um, they've taken the uh, motorbikes now and of course the engines are so small with such a high torque value and the battery technology is just dramatically improving and because you're not having to pull this big chunk of fiberglass plastic metal whatever you're pulling if it's electric car around they're getting some serious mileage out of this i'm talking five and six hundred miles out of a battery charge unbelievable and uh, normal looking motorcycle normal looking scooters uh, I'm telling you, the day of the combustion engine, at least on the small scooter, I, I see its end coming, without a doubt. I mean, let's face it, what is it, Volvo, they have announced, what is it, they have stopped making all combustion engines now, I guess, for their cars. And there, there's several car manufacturers that are getting away from the combustion engine and going to all electric. Thank goodness for Elon Musk at Tesla leading the pack
1: well here, here's my my issue with that you can every car manufacturer can say today we're going to eliminate the combustion engine we're going all electric that brings up another problem you have to recharge the batteries in the electric cars and that will absolutely if everybody converted to an electric car tomorrow the current electric grid utility grid in the United States couldn't handle it you need more power generation and how do you generate power right now the number one new method of power generation is natural gas. Tough building a nuclear plant, forget coal, so you're going to have to use a fossil fuel to power the power uh, station that will then send the electric current to various homes and businesses, so it's not such an easy thing. And everybody thinks it's going to be a, a magic pill, a magic wand that's going to just come over the auto industry. It's not going to happen. It's it's I, I don't think it's practical. In certain instances, yes, but if everybody were to convert tomorrow, it's just not practical. And you and I are aviators. We're pilots. I haven't seen any electrically powered uh, a, a large aircraft and even smaller aircraft just yet. There's some smaller ones, but I don't see an A320 being powered by electric engines anytime soon.
6: That's absolutely correct. It's a You uh, you don't get something for nothing in this world. Uh, you want the electric, you're going to have to create the electric, and you're going to have to burn some kind of fossil fuel to create that electric. Um, I was just saying the way that it looks, what's out there in the marketplace now, everybody's pushing for electric, and uh, and I don't see it turning off anytime soon.
1: Oh, no, they're still going to push for it. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, again, now you've got to go out and build the power stations that can send all that electricity to various homes. So when you are charging your electric car, your electric scooter, or your electric airplane, you've got the juice to do it. Well, Mark, we appreciate you joining us, as always, giving us the CES recap. We look forward to it uh, every year. And I think I've got to go out and get one of those Samsung 262-inch Super LED TVs. Boy, I'll tell you what, think of the number of sports games you could put on that. That would be fantastic. Well, Mark, we appreciate it again. Our resident tech guru, we're proud of the Humidor store. We'll see you out at the Sun and Fun Air Show in a couple of months.
6: Absolutely. We'll see you there, sir. Sounds great.
1: Cigar Dave, the general saying Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper delectatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make Masculinity great again. Keep America great. Long live the Alpha as always. And to all those enemies of pleasure coming after our cigars, our spirits, our dames, our harems, our electronics, stay the hell away.